Hello, and welcome to Pod 19, a weekly coronavirus podcast that brings you bite-sized information on the country progress in the fight against COVID-19, the vaccination rollout, and research. In today's episode, we'll hear more about the nationwide rollout of the COVID-19 vaccines from health advisor Dr. Leslie Ramsamy. He chats with us about how the health authorities have managed the COVID-19 vaccines to ensure that the second jabs are guaranteed for all. I have had dozens of calls, uh, and among these calls are some prominent people who are genuinely concerned that they may not get their second dose. They have received their first dose, and they are hearing stories out there that they're not in, there isn't enough vaccine to give them their second dose. Let me be pellucidly clear on this issue. Everyone that has had a first dose is guaranteed their second dose. And I can say that with confidence and with 100% assurance because for every dose we have administered, we have put aside the second dose. It's not like we're using up all the vaccine and hoping to get more for the second dose. Whenever we receive vaccine, take for example, I'll give one example, Sinopharm. We got 20,000 dose. We are only utilizing 10,000 for the first uh, dose. And that's why now people are coming forward and asking us that they want Sinopharm and we can't give them because we have utilized most of the 10,000. There are still some, but they're not at the central point because we have distributed them. But the 10,000 for the second dose, we have preserved. The same thing with AstraZeneca, the same thing with Sputnik. For every dose we have administered, we have ensured that we have secured an equal amount for the second dose. You mentioned that you've set aside the second dose already. Um, is that already in the regions or is it in one central storage location? Initially, it was in one central storage. Mm-hmm. But remember that by now, right. some of the second doses are becoming... Um, the time has come for the second dose Um, because remember Sinopharm which we started with is a 21 to 28 days time span between first and second so we have reached that for many people and and therefore now those vaccines that were in storage Mm -hmm. are being sent out to the regions to cover the second dose. Sputnik is the same time period of 21 to 28 days. And so we started Sputnik a couple of weeks ago. And so by next week, people are going to become eligible for their second dose of Sputnik. So today, maybe as we are talking, or in a couple of hours from now, 
43,000 doses, second doses, mm. are arriving in the country. Um, so, yes, it's mostly at the central, but as the eligibility for second dose arises, we are sending it out to where it is. Uh, on that note, I can clarify something else. Sure. That wherever you get your vaccine, the first dose, you can go back there. But you are not limited to go right there. So somebody, for example, who may have come to the Ministry of Health for their first dose, can say go to the Lusignan Health Center for their second dose. Or somebody who is in Georgetown, they got their first dose, and now they are in Region 7. They can go to Bartica Hospital for their second dose. Um, so you are not limited. I know most people will go back to the site of the first dose. Um, but I want, because people are asking me now, you are not limited to that site. You can go to any site. The important thing is your blue book. Um, this blue book here mm -hmm. is like a passport because this blue book tells us, you know, it, it will tell us the name of the vaccine that you got and the date on which you got it, which means that it doesn't really matter where you go because this will make sure that that you get your right vaccine. What is the sort of logistical arrangement to ensure that the second dose is indeed at that site? So this is, I'm glad you asked that because as simple as it sounds mm -hmm. that you just show up and get vaccine, there is a lot of work going on. The registration of people, keeping our record straight, but just sending out the vaccine. Because these vaccines also can't be stored anywhere. You can't put it in your kitchen refrigerator. Um, it requires, Putnik, for example, requires storage at minus 20 degrees, something that may not be available everywhere. So the logistics is critical. So this is something we do every night. And every night we have to sit down, figure out where there are 100 places that we're going to give vaccine tomorrow and how much vaccine they should have. Fortunately for Guyana, people sometimes don't recognize how far we have come, that at minus 20 degrees, um, we don't only have central storage, we have storage at other places. So we are able now to store at various places, region six, so we can send a, some of what we keep at the center to region six, and region six could every day share with region five. It's not a distant place to come, so we have split it up, so parts of region five, um, we can supply them from here, so every morning trucks go and take these supplies, um, if it is spotless. If it is a vaccine like AstraZeneca that we can keep in regular um, cold storage, like a regular fridge, um, then we give them to keep 
at the various centers. Um, so these are some of the struggles. Same thing with Region 3. We sent a minus 20 degrees there so they could keep a supply for themselves. Region 2, Region 10, we're sending these now so that we have, we cannot be at storage at every site because we do not have the cold chain that exists at every site. But we try to keep it as close as possible. Some areas, let's say the Pakarimas, that if you have to do Sputnik, they don't have the capacity to store Sputnik. So we will have to make an arrangement to go to the Pakarimas, to fly in, vaccinate people, and fly out. Because, um, so we have, um, I don't want to use the word makeshift, but we have certain arrangement to keep the vaccine at its um, recommended temperature for between 24 and 72 hours. Um, because we have procured some um, special containers. They are costly, but we have procured some, and we are working with the private sector, banks, DIH, for example, that produce dry ice um, for us. And we put these dry ice in these boxes. Um, the dry ice doesn't last forever. So we are able to keep the vaccine for 24 to 72 hours in these containers with dry ice. And so it allows us to fly in or to move into a remote area, complete our task and come up. Um, so yes, um, the, the, it, it's a long answer to, to just so that you know how it works. So it's a combination of central storage and regional storage. Um, but not every site could store overnight. Right. You mentioned Ipakaramas and I wanted to focus on our hinterland regions and, and the sort of disparities in, in the logistical challenges there. Um, I know Aisha Alton just recently recorded its first set of, of cases. Um, is this a concern that because of these disparities that exist between the coast and the hinterland, for example, um, vaccination uptake might be less? The one I want to assure people that wherever they are, we're bringing the vaccine. So in terms of distribution of vaccine, um, there is no disparity. Um, has there been an equal uptake across the country? The answer is no. Um, there are things that we need to do to educate people. Unfortunately, there are lots of rumors. Some people say that the government has brought vaccine in that contain chips yeah. and that if you take the vaccine, the government will be able to spy on you. It's absurd. It's ridiculous. Um, it's rumor mongers. Um, and it is, as I said, malicious for people to do that. Some people have said that if you take the vaccine, you will change. You will turn into an animal or a monkey or a snake or something like that. These are ridiculous things. Some people have used the, 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 the Bible references to the mark of the beast 
Um, these are all ridiculous stories. There is a hesitancy because people are hearing all these stories. And as I said earlier, I got calls yesterday. People say, I took my vaccine, but now I'm worried because people tell me y'all don't have vaccine. Then on the other hand, there are people who have not taken the vaccine yet. Who's saying to me, until we sure that y'all get enough vaccine, me and tech, because me want tech. One, and then you get the second. And these are all irresponsible stories that are spreading out there. So you get all these things and we are trying to address it. And that's why I'm glad to speak to you because we got to get the word out there. And in fact, when you go to people and talk to them and explain, they actually come forward and take the vaccine. You are going to hear a lot of technical jargon out there. People choose what they want to talk about and not all the time what they say is untrue, um, but it is the context. So there's one story everybody needs to know, and that is whether it's Sinopharm, Sputnik, AstraZeneca, Pfizer, Moderna, whatever vaccine you take, they are all one hundred percent effective against serious illness. In other words, once people take this vaccine and enough time pass to develop resistance, you are not going to end up in the ICU. Right? And that is what we all want. Right? None of us scared of um, common cold. You get common cold, you feel sick, you get a little fever, you cough, your mother gives you ginger tea. You're not running to the hospital. We're not afraid of it. It might be a nuisance to some of us, but we're not scared of it because you know what? Common cold does not put us in the ICU. And that is the objective. So whichever vaccine we take, is going to prevent us from getting sick and going to the ICU. And that is the one information that we all need. At the, after that, the story done. That was Health Advisor Dr. Lizzie Ramsami, and this has been this week's edition of Pod 19. Join me, Vrishani Ragbir, here again on the Newsroom's Facebook page next week as we discuss all things COVID-19.